first dog I loved was my nan and grandpa's dog, which was a Chihuahua Jack Russell cross. Before Chihuahua Jack Russell crosses were a thing, we're talking about the very late 60s, early 70s. They had a little brown Chihuahua Jack Russell cross called Jimpy. And I was a baby, but still just always graduated towards the dog. And it's awful because I had a favourite nan because... Yeovil Nan had a dog and Glastonbury Nan didn't have a dog and that's awful isn't it I judged my grandparents I favoured the ones that had a dog because I always looked forward to seeing the dog I loved Jimpy Well, today's guest, it'd be fair to say Helen Chamberlain has the most enormous heart because I've got one dog some people have two but no, not Helen. You've got five Well, dogs. at the moment, I'm looking at number six. Because, no, you're not. Yeah, I am. There's a little <laughs> dog in Serbia, um, a little scruffy black and white terrier in Serbia with a charity called Serbia's Forgotten Paws um, that's bit, that got shot in the back leg and it's had the, the, the bullets taken out, the pellets taken out and it's, he's in rehab now and every five minutes i keep saying how's that little dog how's that little doggy so he's so yeah number six because he doesn't like other dogs so i'll end i'll end up with him because he'll have (laughs) he'll have issues so um he'll probably come here when we were planning coming to visit you and you Mm. said well i've got all these dogs and it'll be chaos when you get here so you know are you prepared for that and i was like well yeah okay it'll be all right We'll wait, we'll make a plan. Yeah. And then we got here and actually it was relative calm. And we're wondering if Paddy, the producer, is maybe this sort of mystery dog. I thought he was going to throw the spanner in the works because he's a boy. (laughs) And um, I've got a couple of um, Romanian dogs and they don't like boys very much. But I think it's only to do, I think you've got to wait. I think both of you got away with it because it's 33 degrees <laughs> and has been for a couple of days now. So the dogs just have no energy to come and fight you. They don't fight you. They just come at you. Um, I can hear little Fanny, if you can hear something pesking, she's fussing um, just uh, just to my right, little um, little Fanny, the Jack Russell. She wants some attention. Well, talk about your enormous heart because you foster dogs and then... I can't anymore because I kept keeping them. Well, that's the problem. We'll get get on to that because in theory, you're supposed to have them for a little while Mm. and pass them to their forever home. But you're not very good at that because you you, you end up keeping them all. So at the minute, you've got five. So just run down your canine clan for us. Okay. Who's here surrounded? We're all in the kitchen at your home. You're in the Surrey countryside and there's dog beds everywhere. And there are sleeping dogs at the moment, because you say it's very Again, warm. Again, because it's, because it's very warm. They so so what are, who have we got here? So my, my oldest dog is Spud. He's old man Spud. Um, Jack Russell, long-legged Parsons. He's from the Animals in Distress Rescue Centre in Devon. Um, he was uh, handed over when he was eight months old. An elderly couple uh, bought a Jack Russell puppy and I think the lady was in a wheelchair and the gentleman walked with a stick and they didn't have a garden and they bought a Jack Russell puppy. And eight months later, they did the right thing. They handed him over to rescue because they couldn't cope with uh, an eight-month-old Jack Russell terrier and no garden. He was, um, wasn't was very well socialised. And I, when I got him, 
I thought there was something wrong with him because all he wanted to do was sit on my lap. Um, And I thought, gosh, I've got the quietest Jack Russell in the world. Fast forward a month or two later and I found him four fields away snapping at the heels of Shire horses. So with that, I took him down the vet and his back wheels came off. (laughs) I like the way you've described that, yeah. Yeah, and he calmed down a little bit uh, then. But he's, he's a typical terrier. He's a typical ratter. He loves ratting. He finds the odd rabbit, um, anything, any small furries, and uh, he um, sees them off. And, and you've got another Jack Russell to our left here, is the one who's making the, <sighs> yes. the making the noise. She's the character here, isn't she? She came along a year later because I just lost my old man Jack Russell, Elvis. He was about twenty. I'd, yeah, I'd had it because his back legs used to shake. Um, <laughs> I'd had him, what was his name? His name was Stanley. He was from the same rescue centre in Devon. And he he lived all of his life. He was about 20 and he died of old age. And, and I had Spud and I said, I was just going to be me and Spud for a while because I nursed Elvis in his last three years. He had a heart complaint and he went blind and I wouldn't go anywhere unless Elvis could come with me. And uh, just everything. I just spent three years really looking after him. So I said, it's just going to be me and Spud for a little while. And then a friend of mine phoned me up and said, I've just been round to... Um, a farm that's closing down, non-residential farm that's closing down, and there's a Jack Russell in a chicken pen. Oh, and she went, "I'm not leaving her." And I went, "Oh, for God's sake! All right." <laughs> so, within half an hour, um, one Jack Russell became two. One Jack Russell became two. She's the peskiest little thing ever. Feisty really feisty in to- which is why your dog isn't here which yeah, is, we've, yeah we've left spot at home today because it is so hot and it, it just if we, we were going to put fanny in the car and put some air conditioning on but then we thought that's not fair yeah either, if so. you'd brought your dog i would have had to have, have removed her from the building because yeah. <laughs> we would have heard her from any room in the house um i would have had to have started the engine and just left her in the car she's fussing now because she she wants to come out but she can't because of Pudge. So Pudge is number three. She's a Romanian street dog. She was about five when I got her. I have to say, this Romanian street dog looks very comfortable lying on your stone floor in your cottage. (laughs) She's hot. Very much at home. Yeah, that's what, yeah, she's she's a lovely girl and um, she's a little bit ugly. So I know that sounds mean, but she's an odd shape. She's got an odd face. The fact that you didn't immediately shout me down, you can see... (laughs) You, you you make a fair point, Helen. She's and it, she's got battle scars. Um, when I got her, her nips were down to the floor, so she must have just had puppies. Oh bless her! Lord knows what happened to those. She's got some battle scars on her face. She's got half an ear. She's got um, a mark in her eye where she must have had a fight. She's only got half her teeth, but she's not ugly enough to be novelty ugly. Yeah. She's just a bit like mm, mm. she's got that kind of <laughs> staffy sort of wide mouth. Thing. Oh, she's Pudge. got boggly eyes. I love her to pieces. She's growing an extra nose at the moment. She's got a little bit. She's of got character. Autoimmune. She had cancer when I got her. That's why. Oh. So I was only supposed to be fostering her. Um, I was asked to foster uh, a dog, and I said I can, but I can't foster a female dog because Fanny's. My, I have an intolerant Fanny. She won't tolerate <laughs> another female dog. We could, I promise we could probably do 100 episodes, but that's probably going to be the best line ever. <laughs> yeah, and I said I can't foster a girl dog because she won't tolerate them. And I ended up fostering two girl dogs, but I've got a hatching shed outside with its own little garden where I hatch birds in the spring. 
Um, and it's got a heat lamp in it. So, and they said, look, these dogs have been scooped up off the streets. A shed with a bed and a heat lamp and its own little garden is still better than what they've come from. So I said, okay. So, so fostering one turned into, can you take this other one as well? Went to fetch them and one looked like a teddy bear. It was the most beautiful dog you've ever seen. So it got adopted within a nanosecond. <sighs> then I got left with, her name was Poppy, but it didn't suit her at all. No, it doesn't. I got left with, with this thing. Um, and then I noticed that there was something, something wrong with her back end. She was, and I said, oh, she's coming to season. And they said, no, she's been spayed. We know what this is. It's quite common in Europe. Um, it's a, it's a tumour. It's cancer. Oh. And uh, the charity said, oh, we'll, we'll try and get some chemotherapy. And I said, and we'll do it on your kitchen table. And I said, no, no, I'll take her to the vet. <laughs> and I put her through three months of treatment. It's one of the only cancers. There's only two cancers that are actually curable. You have treatment and then they're gone. That's it. They're done. And she had one of them. So after the treatment, which lasted three months, because how can you advertise a dog? I've got this really ugly dog. And it's got cancer. And it's got cancer. Do you want it? It's going to cost you about <laughs> £2,000 in chemotherapy treatments. But, you know, do you want her? So there were no takers. So I got her cancer treated and I thought she's been here for three months now and she gets on really well with everybody, including Fanny. Fanny was like, oh, okay, here's another dog and that's fine. She met her gradually and they got on really well. So that was dog number three. Yeah, and I've quite taken a shine to dog number four. under Five. The, what, this one under the table here? He's five. He's number five, is he? He's number five, yes. Okay, so let's talk about number four, Victor. who is Victor, who is, who's made friends with Paddy the producer and is lying on his bed behind him fast asleep. Yes. Victor came from Romania, didn't he? He's another Romanian, the ginger ninja. He's, um, <laughs> he's some sort of hound. And I, I think thought, he's rather beautiful, actually. He's got a beautiful face. He's yeah. got light brown eyes and a really beautiful face. Um, he, there was... Uh, I'm friends with some of the Romanian rescuers on Facebook and there was a photograph of these couple of dogs and all the comments underneath kept saying, oh my God, look at that dog's ears, look at that dog's ears. And I was looking at these two dogs going, I don't, I, I don't get why all the comments are about the ears. Then I focused on a dog in the background oh. with these enormous bat ears sticking up. <laughs> and I just kept saying, oh, how's the dog with the big bat ears? And the Romanian rescuer kept saying, his bags are made, he's ready to travel. And I, in a moment of weakness one day, I said, oh, go on then, I'll foster him. I get the feeling you have quite a lot of moments of weakness. And then there's dog number five under the table, who yeah. I think is, is also lovely, who is pure white, actually. And again, looks yes. a bit some sort of hound. But this he, is Kenny from you Spain. You haven't seen his ears. He's got spotty, he's got little spotty I'd ears. I'd have to like his... slightly look under the table because he's... Um, Kenny dog. He's beautiful, actually. He's beautiful. I uh, think he's Labrador Pointer Cross. Okay. So I was uh, volunteering at the rescue centre out in Guildford and he came in. Oh, what a lovely dog. And he was rehomed. And then a couple of months later, his picture turned up on the WhatsApp group. And somebody said, is that Kenny? <laughs> and they said, oh, yeah, he's been brought back because he's, um, he had an epileptic fit. And the, oh. the people who, again, the people who adopted him, they did the right thing. They said, we can't, like, this isn't for us. We, it's, they're, they're quite awful things to witness as any epileptic fit is um but they're tricky in in dogs and so they brought him back and i've never had a big dog before i've only ever had little ratty terriers and again because of my grandparents because of they they always had jack russells so they've always been my thing and um i went out to the rescue center and i um 
I just looked at his face. He was just sitting behind his door, just looking up. And I just opened the car door and went, get in. <laughs> and I brought him back. And again, at the time, I said, well, I'm just going to look after him for a bit because I've experienced with, with seizures. Because my old Jack Russell, had, uh, he used to cough and have a little funny heart murmur thing where he used to keel over and faint for a bit and I thought that was good enough I thought oh yeah I've got experience with seizures because Elvis used to cough and then faint and <laughs> it's nothing like a full-on epileptic seizure in a in imagine a, it's actually quite in a dog quite scary when it's happening but certainly a dog this size as well yeah he's 30 kilos so when he when he seizures it's um yeah he doesn't know what's going on either before or afterwards so it's quite tricky but he's on, um, we've sorted out his medication and I am already got my hand on the table, which is made of wood. He hasn't had a seizure in a year. Oh, that's great. He was having them every, between every 10 and 17 days. And um, oh, you've done really well with Kenny then. And this is the perfect place. I for, know. For dogs. No kids, six acres. <laughs> <laughs> but, you've, you know, we're in the, the beautiful Surrey countryside here. As you look out of your kitchen window here. We're not just talking dogs here, Helen Chamberlain. Mm. Just run us down the animals that you have here. There are two horses. There are two Shetland ponies. There's one donkey. You haven't seen the donkey yet. No. There's, uh, sadly, I lost a llama last month. And there's now only, I lost it, Porridge was his name because his fur was like a big bowl of porridge. What a great name. It was a great name. And all right, Fanny, um, so one llama, two alpacas, um, 11 rheas, which are like ostriches, emus. Um, and then there are four sheep, um, three pigs, mangalitsa, wild boar. Then there's about... A Do they have names? Oh, well... What are the pigs called? Um, you're going to regret asking that. What did you call them, Helen? Well, one's called Penis. <laughs> I almost need to know why, but the other two? <laughs> um, <laughs> why on earth would you look at a pig and call it that? Because he has a prolapsed penis. <laughs> okay, so that marks him out from the other two. Yeah, so the thing is he became penis pig because oh, he just has this... Pr- <laughs> poor thing I know poor thing I've had three vets look at him <laughs> I was about to say can you not right. fix a prolapse it's very hard to find another P alliteration <laughs> it's well you know it's, it's very hard to find um, farm vets in this area so I had an equestrian vet look at him and said well he can do his wheeze it's kind of all hanging out and bits of it used to fall off um and she said, look, he's he's happy, he's healthy and he can do his wheeze. So that, you know, it's it's kind of dangling there. But I, I would say that it's, it's OK. Well, the, the alternative is I can put him to sleep. And I said, oh, well, no, if you say he's happy and healthy, then he can live. So he just became dubbed penis pig. I can um, see how it would happen. Yeah, because he was the with the prolapse. So then I had a farm vet come out and looked at him and he said, well, I'd, I'd shoot him in the head. And I said, oh, that's like, he's doing okay. And he said, oh yeah, he's fine. But you can't, you couldn't send him to market because he wouldn't pass the vetting. And you couldn't send him to slaughter for meat because he wouldn't pass the vetting. I think this pig is actually highly intelligent and has, has kind of worked out a grand plan for how he gets to stay on your small holding here. You think he'd lost pieces of his penis? <laughs> But just to get to stay. <laughs> Clearly. 
Um, the other two pigs are called what? Have they got slightly more normal um, names? Uh, Sid is in a pen on his own because he's completely blind. So he's just special needs Sid because he's um, has no sight at all. He can hear, though. But it is... Look, I don't want to say it's comical, but you know how... They always say when you lose one sense, the others become more, so. You know, if you're blind, your hearing yeah. and, and your your perception. No, not not in pigs. So I'll <laughs> rattle the food bucket, and he runs straight into the side of his <laughs> pen, <laughs> which he's lived in for about the last eight years. And I see him coming. He'll he'll hear the feed. Bin. I don't do it on purpose. He hears the. I have the feed bin right next to the pigsties, and I open it up, and he hears it, and he gets excited, and up he comes, and. Uh, his head tilts on one side and over he comes at a rate of knots. And I think, oh, Sid, clang. <laughs> and pig number three? She, uh, her name is just Blue because she's just really friendly. She's, uh, she had a blue spot sprayed on her bum. So she just became, she's just Blue. Okay. And you've got, you've got ducks here. You've yes. got chickens. Cur- yes. I've got about 100 chickens because I like them. I've got four um Runner ducks, Indian runner ducks, uh, five actually, because there's a spare boy in the in the pen, um, and I've got five geese, and I'm looking after nineteen wild ducks for Wildlife Aid, the wildlife charity in Leatherhead. Um, because of the coronavirus, they couldn't have as many volunteers as they usually have, so they were having to turn away animals. So um, I've known Simon, who runs it for years, and he just phoned me up, said, "Can you take some ducks?" So yeah, and I thought he was going to bring like two or three, and he brought. Four ruddy great big boxes and 19 <laughs> ducks tipped out. So they were great. But, but there we are. Some of them have flown away because wild ducks, they just reach their maturity and one day off they go. They just come out of the shed. They all go in the shed at night so they don't get foxed. And then one day they'll just off they go. So it's quite nice because you've done your thing and yeah, back do you have in the sleep? wild. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything's... Because <laughs> you've to say you've got your hands full here. There's automatic um, feeders and drinkers and automatic pop holes everywhere. So, um, yeah. Although I have got... Oh, what's the time? Yeah, I've to, I'm going to have to go out and hose the pigs down in a minute. Because um, <laughs> on hot days, I just go and hose them down. I think we'd all like to go to outside yeah. and be hosed down, given, given the temperature. It's, dogs are clearly your main passion, has it yes. always been that no, way? No, I was a cat person. No, I'd never have thought that. I was a cat person and I thought dogs were a little bit annoying. Um, I thought they were a little bit needy and I didn't like the way they gobbled their food, you know, because you put you just keep a bowl of biscuits down for a cat and the cats just come and go and they're aloof and they're cool and they're kind of, well, you own me, but you don't own me. I'm going to go next door now. And they'll go next door for four days. <laughs> uh, but I guess it that fitted in with my lifestyle. I was a teenager, so I adopted a cat, and it was just it was great. It was me and him because I could just you know you can leave a bowl of food down and go out for the day, and your cat ignores you when you come home. But you can't do that with a dog. Um, but I always walked the dogs at the local rescue centre in Devon whenever I went down I'd go and walk the dogs and then I um, my first dog was a dog called Spanner and I got her from animals in distress and she was in a pen on her own because she had mange and I had no intentions of getting a dog I just enjoyed going out and walking them and there was just something about her and I went I came back home to Surrey and I just found myself thinking about her and I phoned up and uh, I said and that little dog that said her name was Petal I didn't suit her either so I changed it to Spanner Um, I said that little dog in the in the in the pen um i said can i and i found myself saying these words i said can can i 
put a reserve on her. These alien words. Can I put a reserve on her? And she said, oh, no, she's she's gone. She's been reserved. Some some people are coming to get her <gasps> later on. And I said, oh, right, okay. And I was like, oh, heartbroken. And really weirdly, someone in the office was listening to that phone call. And I just heard this voice in the background say, are you talking about Petal? And the woman said, yeah. And they said, oh, no, they phoned up this morning. They've taken the reserve off of her. Like, And I just went, okay, I'll have her. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that... If there hadn't have been somebody else in the office, I would have just gone, oh, okay, thanks very much. It was put meant the, to be, the wasn't it? So it was meant to be. So I went... Slash Spanner, Spanner. were due to... So I went together. and got her. I, I went and got her. And she was... Uh, and after a couple of weeks, I did think, what have I done? <laughs> because I don't have kids. Because of like, ooh, all that responsibility. You know, all that having to do things. All that, you know, school uniforms and books and feeding them and stuff. Driving them places. <laughs> <laughs> And then responsibility. I, you've got more responsibility I know, here, I, I think, on this small holding than a small child would ever have caused you. And then after about a week, I was just looking at this. I was in the kitchen doing something. This dog was just sat looking at me. And I just went, what? I went, oh, my God, this is like having a kid. Everywhere I go, this dog is just going, now what's happening? <laughs> um, and then like, a, and then a, about a week after that, I just went, how have I ever lived without a dog? And I well, went, that's a really good question. How actually. have I ever and I feel so sorry for people who say to me, oh, I'd love a dog, but, you know, I work. And I say, oh, life's too short not to have a dog. Well, it's interesting because when I, when I got Spot, I, 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 I got Spot was my first dog just not long after my 50th birthday. And I thought, I'd like a dog, but I can't have a dog for exactly that reason. I think, oh, I've got to, you know, I'm working, I travel. And, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, let's spin this round the other way and go... Mm. What are the reasons to have a dog? And then you started oh, yeah. listing all the reasons that, to have a dog. You know, the, <laughs> millions the, of them. The fact that they're brilliant, yeah. the company, going out for great walks. Yeah. You know, and before I started, right, I'm sold. I'm. I'll, 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 what's to stop me getting a dog? There's, as long as you're organised in terms of having yes. a dog walker, or I'm lucky, I've got my mum who can sometimes take spot for me. And and now I've got a dog. When he's not with me because I'm out at work somewhere. Oh, hi. I just just come to say hi. hi. She's Pudge. waving at you. Hi, Pudge. Hi. Pudge was is very friendly, Pudge. I was slightly worried about we you. We did. But... We all stopped a little bit there. Well, because... We all took a slight intake of breath there, didn't we? Because but... Pudge is, um, she'll snap out of fear. She's always worried about things. And she's not great with humans that she's not met a hundred times. And um, oh, well, I'm honoured. If you make any you sudden moves, she will bark at you. And she's had people's ankles before. She had the electricity man's ankles down in Torquay when I was having a smart meter fitted. I warned him not to come down the stairs. I've got a brown sofa, and she's a brown dog. And she tucked herself in the cushions. And I said, "Don't just come down the stairs that are in the middle of the lap. Don't just come down the stairs." And he forgot, and he just came down the <laughs> stairs. And you know the game, Hungry Hippo. Yeah, she came at him like a hungry hippo. So she scurried along to the um, it was an L-shaped sofa, had his knee, and then scurried back and hid herself back in the cushions. She just brushed his knee though with her teeth, and I did say you were warned, and he didn't sue me. So Pudge is still here. Well, I'm very honoured, Pudge. You let me stroke you behind the ear, and you've now Annie. just gone back to sleep on no the floor fussing. again. Yeah. So well, you decided. So that I, yeah, I decided I was going to get, get a, dog. a dog, and all the positives that have followed from there in, yeah. in terms particularly when you're a, a 
freelance like I am and, you know, there's no real structure to your week or even any given day. Yeah. And the dog just, you know, I wake up in the morning, I take the dog for a walk. It's it's the first thing I do and it sort of forces me out of bed. It gets me out into the countryside yep. and enjoying myself with him. And people actually talk to you when you've got oh, a dog. Oh, they do, yeah. You know, in London, you can I could go for a couple of days and nobody actually pay me any attention whatsoever. And also some of the walks that you go on are weird without a dog. <laughs> you, know, you just see people walking around the woods on their own <laughs> okay where's your dog where's your dog dude where's your dog uh, you know people just strolling along a, a beach because we go down to Torquay a lot because my connection down there and uh I found the the same I would go to Torquay half a dozen times and I wouldn't go I could see the sea and I could see the beach and I wouldn't go on it and I wouldn't go anywhere near it and then you get a dog and you're on the beach every day because you you go well what am I going to do I'm going to walk down to the beach I'm going to walk onto the beach I'm going to go yep beach beach. (laughs) turn around walk back again there's there doesn't seem to be any point in walking without a dog there is no point maybe it's called golf I, 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 I I don't know but you know this it's the fostering that fascinates me because I've got Spot and he he lives with me and I don't ever give him away and I knew what I was getting into when I got my dog. I knew where he came from, I knew his history Um, and you're still learning about your dogs all the time, they just amaze you in many, many different ways but with you, you're getting dogs that have all manner of problems and backstories. How difficult, you know, how difficult is that, bringing them into your home and I think because I live on a small holding and I don't have children, for me, it's I don't have to think about the same issues that a family would um, or somebody with a, with a back garden but would have to take their dog to the park every day and meet other dogs and other families uh, and things. I, I don't have that. Fanny kills chickens, so I have to watch her when she's out and about. She tries to kill other dogs as well, even ones that are five times the size of her. She's found her hanging off the ear of an Alsatian before. <laughs> I had to remove her from from that. Um, Pudge was, uh, Pudge is just very difficult with people, but then I kind of don't see, you know, I live in the middle of nowhere. So I think the things that would concern other people don't concern me so much. Uh, and I will take the ones with difficulties like Kenny with his epilepsy it's not for everybody and I'm at, I'm I'm like you with with work I'm at home mm. I'm at home all the time I've been by his side every single epileptic seizure he's had um and I can't imagine what it would be like for him to have to come around which is probably why he was thrown out in the first place he was probably kicked out because of the epilepsy I can't imagine what it would be like for him to have to come round from one uh on his own He'd be so confused because uh, he's blind for for a few minutes as well, we, and it's like he's looking for some desperately looking for something that he can't find. And I don't know if that's because his vision is coming back. But I've got a couple of fields, so we just I loop him up on a huge long lunge rein, which is a for you will know for horses. It's like thirty foot of lead, and just off we go and walk round and round and round until he suddenly turns around and he looks at me, and I go, "Oh, welcome back, Kenny!" And he <laughs> comes on in for a hug, and then he comes in, and he normally has some ice cream to bring his blood sugar level up because he's hungry and thirsty, and he, he's normally pooed himself and weed himself, and when he's pa- when he's on the ground paddling, he often defecates and urinates, so he's all covered in his own wheeze and poos, and oh. where we have to go and take him for a wash and stuff. Helen, what is it about you? 
that wants to do this. Oh, God. Because, oh, because no. so many people would just, they all want the latest designer dog or they want to go to a rescue centre and they want to find the, the, the prettiest, cutest dog they can find. What is it about you that's prepared to take all of these damaged dogs and put them back together again? See, I only, uh, I only associate with other people who take damaged dogs as well. My friends have a Romanian dog called Pino that they have to... <laughs> <laughs> really um i and you didn't tell me there was a you didn't add a bird in a cage yeah to the list of animals well, and the fact that it's in a cage i don't like birds in cages but uh she's a rescue somebody was moving house and said i can't take the um parakeet thing does parakeet have a name yeah birdie num nums it's from the Peter Sellers film. Ah, okay. Ah, Birdie Num Num. Birdie Num Num. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I, I interrupted yeah, num, you by, num-nums. we were interrupted by Birdie Num Nums. So what is it? I'm just fascinated as to what oh, it is about dear. you. See, that... I've, I, I don't know. I think I've been involved in, I've sort of graduated towards rescue animals. So the only people that I know are people that will, that will take on other dogs. I do know people who... But that doesn't explain who, why you oh, I want don't to do know. it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, think I said you've got an enormous heart. Is it as simple as um, that? Well, no, because, you know, um, <laughs> I don't like people much. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I do like people. I yeah. do like well, people. you're very personable and friendly and funny and fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think you, you can't help where your compassion lies um, and when I was a little girl, my first, my first animal was a hamster. My first ever thing that I was responsible for. I was about four and I had a hamster. And every photograph, and then we got, you know, we got some mice and then we got a cat and my sister had a rabbit and we got some chickens. And every photograph of me from age three to about 13, every photograph, I'm holding something up, something furry feathery i have a i have an animal with me that i always used to hold up in front of my dad I used to drive my dad mad because i used to hold everything up in front of my face <laughs> dad would say well just hold it somewhere else. thousands of photographs of me were just holding <laughs> creatures out things out birds my dad came in my bedroom one morning when i was about 10 and um he went you got a chicken in that bed <laughs> No, Dad. You've got a chicken in that bed, haven't you? And I had a chicken. I'd gone. I'd got up, gone down to the coop, got out my favourite chicken. For some reason, I don't know. I was about six or something. I don't know. I love it. Went back to bed with a chicken. Put a chicken in my bed, <laughs> as, as you do. <laughs> yeah. My dad went and let him out in the morning, and went. There's one missing. <laughs> I wonder where that is. <laughs> you got a chicken in that bed? <laughs> Might have. Because as we sit here in your in your lovely cottage in the Surrey countryside, this is so far removed from your old life, if you like, as star of a cult TV show in Soccer AM. Ah, but it never was because I would I would go to the studio and do my thing and then come straight back to this. Okay. So within half an hour, I was back in tracksuit bottoms, feeding something, picking something out of the incubator that had hatched. Because it's interesting, though, I mean, when the, the six-year-old who had the chicken in the bed, you kind of think, well, maybe she's going to become a vet or, a, you know, a veterinary mm. nurse. or something. But yet it was football and soccer AM. Yeah. It, just, it oh, seems it, like yeah. a kind of odd, an odd marriage, if you like. But my whole career was an accident. Everything, I, I fell into every job that I had and then fell into the next one and the next one and the next one. I just ended up off the telly, <laughs> on the telly. Um, the girl off the telly. The girl off the telly, yeah, which, which was always 
mad. I never went for any auditions or anything. It just it all just tumbled and happened. So I've always stayed the same country bumpkin that I always have been and uh, and everything. I used to be really embarrassed. I'd be we'd go on air on a Saturday morning and I'd look down and on the bottom of my boots would be a bit of straw and a bit of chicken <laughs> shit stuck to the bottom of like my <laughs> fancy high heeled because I'd get up uh, get ready for the show, put my show clothes. I see people always think it was really glamorous. I had some sort of wardrobe at Sky, but we were never like that. We were always a little bit different. There are people at Sky who have wardrobes and stylists and what have you, but I used to just get up, pick something out of my own wardrobe, put my shoes on. I'd run out the door and I think, oh, I've just, I'll just nip over there and let the ducks out. I'll just let the, um, I'll, I've got pop holes, but I'll, I'll just, oh, I'll just chuck some food out for them. So I turn up at work with be sitting in the makeup chair and look down and go, oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Duck shit on your floor now. Sorry, it's come off my shoes. I mean, it was a cult show. Yeah, You yeah, and Tim Lovejoy together. And do you, when you were sort of in your small holding here and you're mm. pick, picking up after the dogs yeah. and you know, feeding chickens and worrying about the pig who has a deformity, do you miss it? The whole Soccer AM, the sky oh, thing? Um, no, I'm quite of a... Uh, I miss the people. I miss writing. I miss writing more than anything um, because the, the bare bones of the script would be in and then I'd go in on the Friday and sit down and look at something and then go round it and do a little bit of research and then come back and then go round it again. And, and, and I, actually, I actually miss, I do miss that. I miss taking a little nugget of an idea and then turning it into something, not necessarily my lines. It might, might have been someone else's and, and something. And um, yeah, and, and, creating the thing that was then on the on the telly but I'm I'm kind of a weird person that I when something's ended in my life I just move on and I just don't do that anymore and people say oh do you miss it and I go oh, I don't really I don't I haven't really thought about whether I I've missed it I'd still speak to a lot of the people, Tim and I still keep in touch. Has I he been round here and met your, your canine He clan? hasn't met all five of them. <laughs> He's been round here, but he, he hasn't met. But we come from the opposite ends of the scale because he bought his cats. So he has that where he'll take the mickey out of me for being the country bumpkin, carrot crunching, cider swilling, <laughs> you know, Somerset. And I take the mickey out of him because he decided to get pets and went out and bought two cats. Like designer, probably. Designer cat. Yeah, they, they were. So we um, tease each other in those senses that he went and bought his cats. Your dogs are being so well behaved, it has to say. They're all, they're spud, fast asleep on the bed. Yeah. Hutch down here again is, is just basking, just minding, his, minding her own business. Yeah. You've got all these dogs and yeah. you foster some. And I know yes. you've, I know you've given, moved some dogs on to their forever lots, homes lots lots but that moment where you give a dog away oh i cry right i was gonna say how that must be so difficult when you've got that bond established and then you go no it's not my dog it's got to go yeah. to its forever home how on earth you know how on earth do you actually do that and i a few years ago i would have been in this i would have been saying the same words to somebody else i don't know how you can take a dog into your home and not within five minutes go, well, you're staying. Yeah. <laughs> but what I realised is fosterers are so precious to have people who will just look after that dog for a little bit and maybe 
cat test them or sort out their problems? Do they go for this? Are they grumpy? Do they work out their little personalities? There's so few fosterers and they're so precious that you are so more valuable as a fosterer than you are if you, oh, well, I failed, so I've kept it. So, so now I can't foster any more dogs because I have five and my hands are full and they've all got their own little quirks. And as you see, Fanny and Pudge can't be in the same room together because they fell out two years ago. So I have to keep them separated. And Victor tries to be the dominant dog and Spud's the oldest and he won't have it. And he's got a collapsed disc in his neck because he's done too much ratting over the years. And I constantly have something going on. So I probably can't foster any more dogs. I realised how important it is that if you're a fosterer, it's so hard to let them go, but you can do it. And once you've done it once... So that first time, you must have been in floods, were you? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I fostered a little staffy puppy. And um, he, uh, but a lovely family came round for him. And then I fostered two farm dogs and they killed a couple of chickens, which wasn't ideal. But because I go, oh, you, can you foster these farm dogs? Because they're used to all farm animals. So they went out and got in the chicken pen and necked a couple. <laughs> um, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but they went off and one, once you've done it a few times there are a few there was one that I that I nursed he was he was on death's door he'd had a fight with another dog and he was so badly injured he had tubes in his neck they were drainage tubes um, he was shaved all over from he died on the op, on the vet's table and they brought him back and he was covered in scars and he had these drainage tubes and you had to massage his neck and and, and get all the fluids drained out so you and were a veterinary nurse in the end. <laughs> I slept on the sofa with him for weeks on end and then he slowly came back and he was a beautiful dog and a family came round for him. Because what it is, is they're, um, they're in the car <coughs> driving down your drive on their way to their new home, but they're looking out the window oh, going, no. oh, why, 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 where am I going? Why aren't you coming with me? So you come back in and you absolutely bawl your eyes out. But then, you know, you get updates and later on they send you pictures and messages and say the dog's settled in really well and and uh, you're still in touch with those people and the dogs have a happy life. Then you can do it again. So what would you say to... I get, not, I get it. Not everyone's got a small holding like this. I mean, this is the perfect environment for, for what you do. But if somebody had a chance to foster a dog, what would you say to them? I would say you think that you can't do it, but you can. There are a lot of people like yourself who would say, oh, I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't because as soon as they come, I keep them. But you can, you can, because then you can do it again and you're way more valuable as a fosterer. So you can do it. And it's really, it's great. Because then when you look back years later, you look back at all the dogs. I've probably fostered like 15 dogs that have come here for a bit and then for whatever reason, they've they've come here. And sometimes it's been a phone call of there's nowhere else for this dog to go. Please, can you have this dog? And yeah, I've I've done midnight runs and taken dogs out of people's gardens that were, have like thrown it out. The dog's the dog's been rehomed and like then shown its teeth at a child or something. Um, and the dog's just been chucked out. So I've gone around and fetch dogs from people's gardens and they've had to stay here for a couple of nights and they've well, gone there's, there's a load of rosettes hanging behind me that 
I thought they were won by horses, but actually they've all been won by dogs, you were telling yeah, me, at various it's only the dog local, shows. It's only the local, the local fate around the corner has, always has a dog show. So, yeah, I've never taken all five in. It's like mainly... No, that would be quite chaotic. Yeah, but uh, to be honest, Helen, I think that you deserve one of those rosettes for what you do for, for dogs. Oh, so, I, so, you know, I get so, all like, so, oh, no. Oh, listen, I... Because so good I've, on you. Because I've actually volunteered at rescue centres, there are people who do way more than me for for homeless uh, well well done to you dogs. for what you do it's tremendous it really is and yeah. thank you for joining us on the dog pod it's been a pleasure i've turned down three podcasts in the last week all wanted to talk about my career and i went oh no that's dull and uh and then you said do you want to talk about dogs yes please <laughs> well i'm very glad you did it's lovely to meet you thank you thank you very much 